A lot of people try to be their hero. They look to people who are notable, people who have accomplished something in life, people that have a lot of attention on them. And they don't just, you know, take note of the individuals and get inspired by them. They try to actually be like them. You see this a lot. You know, you'll see it on social media, might be on Twitter or X, and, and people will be you may be reposting something or highlighting something that, you know, a uh, uh, CEO of a tech company did, or maybe a scientist or an engineer or an author or whatever, but let's just say a CEO of a tech company, and they notice that they act a certain way, they say certain things, and they kind of start to look at maybe what the pattern is of this individual. And then they kind of take on similar behavior, they kind of speak the same way. They, uh, they, they, you know, if, if maybe their hero is a little edgy, then maybe they're trying to be a bit edgy or if they publish something, they try to publish something similar. There's kind of this parroting that happens and it's, it's the difference between kind of, you, you have celebrity culture, which is maybe just, Hey, there are notable individuals and they get a lot of attention. We have that for sure in our society, but then there's this parroting that happens, this mimicking or copying of behavior. I mean, you see this with fashion all the time, of course, right? Uh, people will try to dress like their hero dresses. And and uh, and there's probably, you know, definitely an evolutionary reason to do some of this parroting. But I think it's problematic when it gets into your own growth. There's nothing wrong with being inspired or getting some general guidance from somebody that you look up to. But the parroting, where it's almost like you think the behavior of this notable person must be a recipe for their success, which may or may not be true. And therefore, if you take it on, you'll be able to kind of accomplish something the same. I think that's problematic. I think the hero worship that exists in today's society really gets in the way of people accomplishing things. So let's start with just why a lot of people try to be their hero. Obviously, there's inspiration. People look at things that, that notable people are accomplishing and they get inspired. Nothing wrong with that, right? Maybe those people are emblematic of values or actions or accomplishments that you would like to see reflected in your own life or that you just believe in. Totally makes sense. Um, there's this idea that, you know, we want to get guidance because we none of us have all the answers. So we look to people to get that guidance. And I think it's good to have role models because, you know, in that individual, you're seeing something that's possible. And uh, and maybe through that inspiration and and in some sense, through their examples, you could navigate your own challenges and achieve personal goals. It definitely ties into the sense of purpose. Uh, people who strive to kind of be like their hero, it anchors their identity on that individual. And we kind of all need our identity to be anchored on something. Like if someone says, what do you do or who you are, as opposed to it just kind of being a hand wavy thing, we like to think that we can anchor it on something like a label, right? We like the categories. And I think one of those categories tends to be for a lot of people, individuals, right? It's kind of like this, even though they might not say that, they're, they're looking to these people to kind of establish those categories for their identity. Um, you know, continuous learning, personal growth, striving to improve ourselves. You know, it's nice to see that other people are doing something similar because that means we might be able to do it ourselves. And, uh, I think just from an evolutionary standpoint, there's always been in humans a desire for admiration and recognition right back to when civilizations first started, right? And, and, and before, I mean, the, the, you know, we got leaders of tribes. There's people who are appointed to head the tribes. There's people who get more attention than others. There are people like monarchies, you know, kings and queens who are emblematic of some value system that is supposed to exist across society. So there's nothing surprising about celebrity culture or 
more specifically hero worship. But the parroting that happens, parroting, where you are trying to take on similar behaviors as though if I inspect the life of the individual, then maybe I can do similar things. Like here's what they eat and here's how they exercise. Um, you know, here's a note that Jeff Bezos sent off at a board meeting. Maybe I should write notes like that too. People start to really kind of mimic the behavior. And I think that's what really gets in the way of people accomplishing their goals because everybody accomplishes things in a different way. More specifically, the same thing can be accomplished in many different ways. And there's no reason to believe that the way you're going to accomplish your thing, even if it is kind of similar to, let's say, your hero, there's no reason to believe that you would accomplish it the same way they are. Right. I mean, this is already assuming that when you look at someone's behavior online, you don't really know the person. Things are being presented to you in a very polished, um, uh, you know, sanitized fashion. So it's not like you really know their behavior anyways. But whatever you can glean from the way they talk or what, what is being presented to you, there's no reason to believe that's going to somehow necessarily be the path that you would take to success. And this gets to this kind of main point here. Not only can we not do what our heroes do because we're different people, our heroes cannot do what we do. There is no reason to downplay your own special abilities. You might do something at a high level that is the same as your hero. Maybe it's run a successful tech company. Maybe it's publish a book, publish a scientific article, uh, you know, give a speech, whatever it is you'd like to accomplish. You're looking, you know, make music, make art. You're looking at an individual. You want to, at the high level, do the same thing, but there's no reason to believe that the path there. Uh, if you can even call it a path, is going to be similar to theirs. In fact, you should really, really not think that it is. And I think it's detrimental to assume that it is. So that's the kind of hero worshiping I'm talking about in this episode that I think is so problematic. Not only can we not do what our heroes do at the granular level, you know, the details of our life, uh, our heroes can't do what we do. The, and, and, and you have to understand that. There is something very special about the way that you do things, about the way that you learn, about the way that you communicate, about the way that you do or don't get along with people, about the, the, the art or the science or whatever it is that you create, the way that you do it is, is, your, is your power, is, is really where the advantage is going to come from. So let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you think about specialization, right? Individuals can believe that their skills, knowledge, or abilities um, are highly specialized or uniquely suited to a specific task or purpose, right? That's specialization. And that gives us a sense of confidence and uh, the ability to excel in our given domain. But that specialization, the good parts of specialization, is going to get degraded if you're not tapping into it because you think you're supposed to have someone else's specialization, right? Um, you know, maybe somebody talks about some of the same scientific things that you talk about, but they take a very mathematical approach. And then you think, well, I guess I've got to be super mathematical. Well, maybe not. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're not super mathematical. That's not a weakness. Maybe you have a different way of talking about it. Maybe it's conceptual. Maybe it's visual. Um, maybe it's, you know, collaborative. Maybe, I don't know. It, it's, you have to have that self-awareness to understand what muscles you have to flex and understand that this person doing something mathematically couldn't do what you do. And that's what the world needs, right? Uh, but you think about competitive advantage, right? Um, you know, if you want to have the ability to compete, it doesn't mean to do the same thing, right? It doesn't mean to have the same proprietary technology as another company or to use the same techniques or to go grab, grab the same IP. It doesn't mean to have the same exact skills. It means to accomplish maybe the same thing at a high level, the highest level of 
goal that you're trying to accomplish, but to do it a very different way, right? Um, innovation, trying to tap into your creativity, uh, trying to pioneer something in a new field, and you want to push the boundaries on something. Well, that's not going to happen by looking at a hero and the way they do something and think you're supposed to do it like that as well. Your expertise, your mastery of a particular skill or domain uh, leading to the self-confidence that you are uniquely qualified to perform certain tasks is not going to come by doing something the way someone else does it, right? The expertise that you develop through time, through experience, through training, and through dedication has to be the way that you do it. It doesn't mean you can't be inspired by other people, but the inspiration is only at a high level. When it comes to the way that you do something, that's got to be you. Think about your identity. Um, you know, our sense of identity, I said, you know, sometimes people kind of put that on their hero, right? Because that hero might be emblematic of their values or of their uh, kind of who they want to be. But ultimately, your identity has to come from what is uniquely you, because that really is your identity. The thing that only you can do or very few people uh, uh, in a group to which you are included can do. Uh, how you contribute, how, how you make integral contributions to something. If you want to take pride in what you do, and to some sense you do, you need to be proud about what you do, but you're not going to do that by trying to parrot someone else because you're not going to be good at the way they do it. It's not to say that there won't be a lot of similarities. You know, maybe both of you are mathematical, but that doesn't mean you're doing it the same way, right? Um, you know, maybe you both create abstract art, but you're not going to do all the techniques that they do. That wouldn't make sense. There's no reason to believe you would be good at doing the exact same thing that they would and vice versa, right? Uh, and of course, this isn't just at the individual level. This is at the organizational level. It's like a company trying to be exactly like, you know, an Amazon or a Microsoft or a whoever it is. Yeah, that's not going to make sense. Why would that work? Right. And, uh, you know, you, you, you have to take responsibility for your abilities. <laughs> and that means not trying to parrot someone else's, but being extremely self-aware to the point that you get how you're able to get things done and what makes you unique. And that's how you can make a positive impact on society. It's not supposed to look like someone else's, right? True resilience is only going to come from your ability to face challenges or setbacks doing things the way that you do them, right? That's going to instill confidence in you. That's going to give you the determination to overcome obstacles and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, some people might say, yeah, 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 it's obvious, right? I mean, I get it. I know you got to be yourself. But I'm, I, I really think it's not that obvious for a lot of people because... As, as paradoxical as this sounds, it's not always easy to be authentic. And that kind of sounds funny because you think being authentic should be the easiest thing. Like just, you know, cut all the BS out and, and take all the superficial whatever and stop the hero worship and just really get into who you are. But that takes an extreme level of self-awareness and it can take years to get to the point to realize what you are actually good at because we're so used to growing up in a culture that does kind of worship the heroes, that does give the attention to the notable figures. You know, we're told about the Einsteins and the Isaac Newtons. We're told about the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musks. And, and, and we're told about all these people. And, and, you know, to some extent, great. You know, like, like look, look what's possible. Let's get inspired. You know, um, but it's not what is real, you know. And, and this is, you know, I've talked about before how, you know, it's not really standing on the shoulders of giants. There's no such thing as giants. Those are just the right people at the right time who are able to capitalize off all the countless amounts of contribution that have happened prior to them, right? So you're not really looking at an individual who has the recipe. You're not looking at an individual um, who made this, who, who invented this thing or brought this into reality. That's not really how the system, the natural system, the complex system, the economy actually happens. 
It's countless contributions and eventually something precipitates out. And when it precipitates out, there's someone at the right time and place to take the credit for it. That's the reality of it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't still have people who are notable and uh, something that can inspire and to let us know what's possible and who are emblematic of the values and, and stuff that, that we want represented in society. But they are not the path for you to get there. They can show you what's possible, but the way you get there has to be something that is uniquely you. That is what you are strong in. And, uh, and if you can tap into that raw, authentic, real you, and I don't mean this in a motivational sense, I just mean literally this is what's needed, uh, then you can really, you're going to surprise yourself in what you're able to accomplish. So it's, it's our unique abilities that make us bring true value to the world, right? It is what the world needs from us. Each person has a unique combination of talent, skills, experience, and perspectives. We think about talents and skills, experience, perspectives, kind of as just fitting into these almost bland categories, like what's your skills? You know, I don't know, programming or writing or public speaking or whatever. It just has these kind of bland categories. But your skill is just, you know, that, that's just at the highest level of definition. The way that you public speak or the way that you, you know, create software or the way that you, you know, create art, whatever it is, that is you, right? What, what is your talent? Not what bucket does it fall into on a resume, right? Not, you know, what, what course you took at university or any of that kind of stuff. How are you actually doing it, right? And you have to learn to recognize and harness those strengths and leverage them if you want to create, you know, positive change and add value to the world, right? I get it. A lot of this language that I'm using right now sounds like I'm trying to motivate you. And, and if I am motivating you, that's great. But that's not the point. This is just honesty, right? Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to replicate someone else's ability to do something in terms of their behavior, uh, because it's just not not how reality works. There are, there are countless ways to accomplish the same thing. You have to find your ways to do it. When individuals tapped into their distinctive talents, that's when you generate new ideas, new approaches, and solutions to address the pressing challenges. Because the overlap with the way that you do things, the way that you think, they they they're not fitting into some bucket or category. They just improve upon the existing system that is you, right? The way that you understand information and leverage ideas and bring concepts together and, and, and produce outputs. Uh, you've been like that your whole life, whether or not you've realized it. So if you can tap into the way you've been your whole life, then you're, you're really going to be able to flex muscles in a, in a formidable way. Um, you know, the opportunities that you want to bring into your life, the insights that you need, developing initiatives and products and services, you know, this is all very real world stuff. This isn't just about trying to feel better about yourself. This is like, how do you produce outputs that are game-changing, you know? And, uh, you know, and of course, this just gets back into fulfilling the purpose of your life, right? At the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, like, you don't want to look back and say, oh, I'm so glad I wrote letters just like Jeff Bezos, or I hope I, you know, did what Elon Musk did, or I hope I studied all the greats and then looked at all the, the ways that they went about and did something. Uh, that's not your purpose, right? There's nothing wrong with being inspired, but real purpose would be to tap into the way you have been uniquely configured to bring something to the world. Uh, you know, the, the nature uses the whole distribution, I like to say. You know, none of this kind of scholastic nonsense where we take the right side of a bell curve and, and say that's actually what good work is. That's, that's just such nonsense, right? If the bell curve or whatever curve, whatever mix of distributions exist in nature exist they exist for a reason nature put them all there so everybody on that curve on every part of it 
has a unique, unique way of doing something, right? In other words, school is going to come in and define these artificial metrics about what performance means. And they are artificial because they have nothing to do with the way nature works. They're just artificially constructed because we've set up, you know, the economy the way it is and we've set up jobs and meritocracy the way we have. So we define these contrived artificial metrics. And then we say, if you can produce outputs that align with those metrics, then you must be, you know, quote unquote, a smart person. You must be able to do this. You must be able to do that, you know? And, uh, but at the end of the day, even within that economy, you're going to have to go to a job and you're, or run your own business or do your own thing. If you can't tap into your unique way to do something, you're not going to be good at it. You know, some people might naturally align with those contrived metrics, but most people won't because they're just not on that part of the curve. You're not less of someone. You're just away from the artificial metrics, right? You're still in the distribution. Nature kept you around for a reason. You have a long family lineage because you're here today. So that exists for a reason. Okay. Uh, again, this is not to motivate you. This is, this is not to, to, you know, justify maybe, I don't know, not doing well in school or not doing anything else. I'm just saying that if you look at natural systems and you look at nature, it's not academic like that. It's, it's wherever you are on that curve, you're here for a reason. You got to tap into that unique ability and find a way to map that to what the economy needs. Right. So, uh, unique abilities bring value to the world continuous learning, growth, adaptation, right? Because you have to be able to keep changing. So someone else's recipe that you might be parroting isn't going to be, you know, adapt to anything anyway. Because you got to be able to, it, it's easier to adapt and change things if you're tapping into who you really, really are. Because there'll, there'll always be something in your toolbox, if that makes sense, right? But you can't adapt if you go to reach for something in the toolbox and nothing's there because it wasn't a real toolbox anyways. It was some fake parroting thing because you were thought you were supposed to behave a certain way. Uh, Individuals who are consistently leveraging their unique abilities to create value, uh, they're the ones that can, that, that, that can reach their potential. And, and really, leave, you know, I would say leave a lasting legacy. It doesn't have to be fame, but maybe that's within your own family lineage or whatever. But there's no way you're going to leave a lasting legacy or, or feel fulfilled if you keep trying to do what other people do. Um, and, and, the, and I think a lot of the notable people uh, often, you know, because you hear this all the time, right? You'll be talking about someone notable and quite often they went against the grain, right? They weren't, you know, they, maybe they dropped out of university or they did something different from the system. Uh, and, uh, and then everybody says, oh, isn't that interesting? But then that becomes the new norm. And then everyone thinks because that's, you know, against the grain, now they're supposed to do the same thing. No, now you're just following the same kind of ridiculous hero worshiping path. It, it has to be what you think is right. And, and the mechanism behind this is that quite literally, Many things, well, well, the same thing can be achieved in countless ways, right? Uh, you can call this like multiple realizability. There's kind of a psychological side of this. There's a more scientific kind of entropy-based side to this. But there's many ways to achieve the same thing. We see this. Um, there's variability in all kinds of, you know, the physical substrates in nature that give rise to the same property, right? Um, there's so many different ways you can instantiate the same thing, you know, like, like pain experienced by humans can be experienced in all kinds of different ways, right? Uh, you know, the temperature of a material can be arrived at in, in so many different types of ways. It's not one way to get that temperature. Um, and so when you think about robustness and flexibility in natural systems, they achieve this largely through multiple realizability because there's not only one deterministic way to achieve something, there's countless ways. And this is why nature brings such a distribution of people because you're supposed to work as a group, even if you think you're just working by yourself, you're using information, you're reading different things, you're getting inspired. It's always a collaborative effort. And so 
your, your synthesis of all that information and inspiration and communication, whatever else you're doing, the actions you're taking is going to be able to produce the output that's needed because that's how nature works. Um, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It, it goes against the kind of obviously reductionist approach that is so prevalent in, in science, philosophy, everything these days and has been for hundreds of years now, really ever since the Enlightenment. We want to reduce kind of, you know, things to purely isolated, uh, distinct facts. And we want to think that there was an exact path to get to the outcome, that it's a recipe. It's going to work like a cogs and piston machine or something. It's like an internal combustion engine, and that's just not how nature functions. There is a mess of countless variety and variation, and it lands on similar high-level categories. In other words, it would be like if the cat, you know, if it's to run a successful tech company, you should expect millions and millions and millions of different ways to achieve that same high-level state. That's multiple realizability. Okay. Um, so, you know, and this, this, this has broader implications to your well-being and uh, your identity, right? Your, the, the, the ability for, to, to feel fulfilled and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I said at the beginning, look, we, we have the celebrity culture. A lot of people are doing hero worship. And uh, at the surface, it's like, okay, nothing wrong, right? Get inspired, have some general guidance, maybe kind of tie your identity to it a little bit. But when it, be when it comes to the parroting, there's something really, really problematic with that because it makes you anchor your behavior on things that aren't you. And you are not going to be good at something that is not you. Period. There's just no way. There's, there's no reason to believe you would be. It's like putting the wrong tool on the wrong job. It's not going to happen. So even at the high level, you might, might want to achieve something similar to your heroes. There's no reason to believe that parroting their behavior, the way they do things, the way they talk, the moves that they made, the investments that they made, there's no reason to believe that that's going to somehow lead you to the same outcome. In fact, quite the opposite. But you see this, you see this kind of hero worship where you, you get this parroting of behavior. Not only can we not do what our heroes do the way they do it, but they can do what we do. You have your own specialization, your own competitive advantage, your own innovation, your own expertise, your own identity, your own calling, your own responsibility, your own ability to be resilience, resilient sorry, in, the, in the face of challenges, right? It really is our unique abilities that make us bring the value to the world. You got to try to, you, you, we all need to feel valuable, right? So you got to harness your strength, understand where your creativity comes from, how you address unmet needs, right? Um, and, uh, and, and, and really lead to a fulfilling purpose in your life, how you adapt, how you evolve, you know, how you can create a lasting impact. Okay. Things are multiply realizable. There's countless ways to achieve the same thing. You got to find yours. Okay. So since that's the case, since we need to stop trying to be our heroes, it's okay to have some, but don't try to be your hero. Your heroes can't do what you do. Then we should use heroes as nothing more than essentially peripheral inspiration, right? And instead flex the muscles that we do have. So how do we do that? Well, self-reflection is really big. I said, like, it can take a long time to actually be authentic. <laughs> It can take a long time to realize who you truly are and, and how you bring that to the table, right? So you, you need to engage in regular self-reflection. You need to go for those walks. You need to think about what is and is not working. You need to learn how to identify your strengths and your interests. And just think about, this isn't really that hard. It just takes time to really latch onto what works. Think about what has worked and what has not in your life, right? A lot of introspection. You have to be honest in your assessment. You might want to be really good at something, but maybe you're not. But, but, but I would say more to the point, 
you're probably just not in the same way that other people are, right? You might want to really be good at mathematics or abstract art or sculpting, right? But you, there's a good chance you tried to do it using the same approach as someone else because that's who inspired you, right? And then you find that it, it just doesn't fit. So maybe you think you're bad at it. That doesn't mean you're bad at it. You're just bad at doing that way, doing it that way. Okay, the, the high-level category, right? It's multiply realizable. You, you got to find your way to do it. You got to understand your real values. You got to be very honest about that, not values that other told, others have told you to believe in, right? What are your values? Uh, what are the choices that matter most to you? And uh, also good to surround yourself with individuals who have those true similar values, right? So they can, can encourage each other, help you embrace your uniqueness, right? You need to learn to celebrate what sets you apart from others because things tend to just flow when you're proud of the way that you do something. doesn't mean you're not going to run into all kinds of, uh, you know, contradiction, right? I mean, you will because the system expects you to do things the way the system works, the artificial system, right? Uh, the way the economy, let's say, is set up. Uh, you know, you go work for a company, they, they, they expect you to fit into that culture and, and all this kind of stuff. And to some extent, you know, you have to concede, but you ultimately have to be yourself, right? The goals have to be your personal goals. What do you actually want to aspire to, right? This is where self-confidence will, like, you'll, you'll never develop self-confidence if you're doing it the way someone else does it. You know, there's no way. And, uh, you know, get feedback from others, whether it's good or bad, see what they say, right? Um, just, just get that constructive feedback where you can, loop it back in. You always want that feedback loop to any adaptive system, right? You're an adaptive system. You're trying to adapt. And that's all part of growth. Uh, continuous learning and growth uh, just absolutely depends on being the real you. And, and you. and I'll tell you, you get the best feedback when you really are yourself because it might rub a lot of people the wrong way and even though it's a bit uncomfortable, uh, that, that kind of feedback can be worth its weight in gold because it's, it's raw, it's real. You see the juxtaposition, right? And, uh, and, and I don't like the term path, but in a sense, quote unquote, you have to find your own path, right? A path is just an, a post-talk after the fact thing that we say, right? Once we've accomplished something, we say, oh, well, here's the path. It's not really a path. There's a lot of jumping around. There's a pendulum that swings back and forth. There's this, there's that. It's kind of a mess, actually, <laughs> you know? But there are anchors within that mess and those anchors, those stable points need to be who you really are, right? And whenever possible, just try to create a supportive environment. Maybe that's through other, other people, but maybe that's just, you know, putting yourself into the right environment to foster who you really are, right? Somebody keeps a gym at home and they say, this is great and you want to be just like them, but you bought a gym at home and you never use it because it's not you. It's, you know, don't say, oh, I just need more discipline. No, you just need to be you. Maybe you like to be in the gym. Maybe you like the social aspect of it. Or maybe you don't like the gym either. Maybe it's something else. You don't have to do it their way to accomplish the same thing. Your heroes can't do what you do. You can't do what they do. They can't do what you do. You're, you're not, you know, less special. You're not less capable. And again, I'm not saying this to make you feel better or to motivate you, although that would be a nice byproduct of this conversation. I'm doing this to tell you this is literally how it is. You have to tap into who you actually are and the way that you do things. And it's probably going to piss a lot of people off, but it's it's also going to attract the right people in your life who have similar values and, and totally get what you bring to the table. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until the next one, take care.